Welcome into another episode of the Growing Faith Podcast. My name is Rick McClatchy. I'm going to be your host today, and we're going to jump in uh, to a great topic. We a couple weeks ago had one of my friends, Max Bravo, from our Mill Plain campus. He is a small group leader, um, a small groups coach, and apparently he's a whooper because I just heard him whoop in the background. <laughs> and so, uh, Max, welcome in. Glad you're here today. How yeah, are you? How are I'm you today? doing awesome. Thanks so much for having me again. Come on. It is great to have you. And we're going to talk today, um, as we as we talked last time, the, the topic of our conversation was around this idea of transitioning from the virtual environment. Uh, well, we talked about the transition from in-person to virtual and then virtual back to in-person and kind of what maybe even that hybrid type of model looks like. And so that was a great conversation. In the middle of that conversation, uh, we kind of bumped into this topic that kind of felt like it deserved more time to itself, you know, that, that topic that cries out for more attention. We'll call it the middle child, the middle child topic. And so um, to all you middle kids out there, we, we love you. We see you. We appreciate you. You are heard. You are known. Okay, I'm done. So, um, so the topic was really, I guess if we could kind of say it in one phrase is pastoring the people that God brings you, right? Yes. Yeah. Would you, uh, any other ways that you would kind of phrase that and anything that kind of comes to mind? Um, I would just say, you know, loving the person in front of you. Yeah. So whether it's, whether it's one pe one people, <laughs> whether it's one person, whether it's two people, five people, 10 people, 20 people, yes. love, care, minister, uh, invest yourself in the people that God brings your way. And so, um, so we're just going to jump into that. We have a couple of points to kind of work through. Really, just kind of want it to be kind of a fun, a fun conversation that I think people will uh, will benefit from. You know. Yes. And so again, thank you for taking time to invest in the audience of the Growing Faith Podcast, where really, you know, our heart is just to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. And I think uh, one of the obstacles of of doing the work of the ministry is discouragement. Yeah. Where you, you, uh, you, I mean, nobody starts a small group hoping that no one will show up, right? I mean, <laughs> well, not. Uh, yeah, like, uh, you know, they just forget to tell people where the group is so that nobody will show up and uh, they forget to send the Zoom link um, conveniently enough. And, uh, but no, so nobody starts a group hoping nobody will show up. Everybody starts a group hoping that a bunch of people will show up. And, in the process, then we kind of feel like our net worth, our value mm -hmm. in the process is tied to the number of people that show up. Um, I mean, do you have a like your own personal journey? What What's that looked like for you as a small group leader? I know in just the, the seven, eight, nine, seven, eight years, seven years that we've known each other, you've you've led three or four main groups that I can think of off the top of my head. Mm -hmm. And, and, and really they've all been pretty successful in what they were set out to accomplish, but there were definitely some up seasons yeah. and some down seasons. So just tell us a little bit, just your own personal journey of what that looked like. Um, yeah, you're right. It's been about four, four major groups that I've led throughout the last seven and a half years. And they all had that characteristic of, growing really rapidly and fast, which um, to me always, you know, you equate it to that being a good thing. It's a good sign, you know. So I would say 
early on, there's been a lot of lessons that I've learned throughout that about booming numbers and then declining numbers uh, to, to not take it personal when the numbers start to drop and to not associate growth necessarily numerically with it being a successful or a success, you know, uh, attribute to your group. Um, I think that for me in leading, especially when I first led my first uh, group, I, I gravitated toward the young adults and, uh, and created a Friday night group, Purple Peeps, for those of you who remember that. What? 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 <laughs> it was the Barney, the dinosaur group. The dinosaur, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, you love me. So, um, so you know, that actually grew to 40 people consistently. And uh, it, it was pretty amazing. What wasn't amazing was when um, summer hit and there was some nice sunshine out there and it encouraged a lot of people to do anything but come to the group. <laughs> and I I will admit that I took that to heart. I, I really That really did a number on my mind and on my perspective of what a successful group looks like. I think that that's probably would say I, I God used that as the bedrock of where my groups is now and changing my heart and my viewpoints because of that, because it was so disappointing and discouraging to me when the group started to dissipate. Yeah, I I think of uh, kind of a, one of those devotional thoughts I threw out on Facebook maybe a couple weeks ago or whatever um, was emotions are good indicators, but they're terrible dictators. Yes. Like you don't want to let your emotions be the boss of your life. And I think there's this correlation then that you don't in small group leading uh, obviously, the same principle would apply. You know, you don't want your emotions to run you. Uh, but um, numbers are a good indicator. Yes. They're a good indicator. It is important that you actually pay attention because, hey, nobody will come to my group. Why? Right. Why is that the case? Because you forgot to tell them what time it starts. Oh, my bad. You know, like it could be something very practical. Mm -hmm. Like you're you're a terrible communicator and we need to <laughs> we need to help you grow and get strengthened in that arena. Right. And I bet you people will show up or you never clean your house before people come over right. and they, they don't feel welcome. Oh, OK, well, that's good to know. So so numbers can be a good indicator, but they're a terrible dictator. You don't want to, if you live by the numbers, you'll die by the numbers is what I like to say. If you make it all about the numbers, then when the numbers uh, leave you in some sense, you will feel like a failure. And so our first point is, it's not about the numbers. It's not about the numbers. No. And so what, what would you say are some of the things that it is about what are you know if it's not about the numbers what are some of the things that you're focused on whether it's two three five or 20 or 40 people right i i would say that uh, the same enthusiasm is given to one person who shows up versus 40 people uh the same uh, passion because it's the same calling the calling didn't change it's like i said last time you know the when it's not a when it's not circumstantial your calling is what it is until God calls you to something else. But while you still have the calling, it's your responsibility to devote yourself to the success of that in, in building people, not building numbers. And I think one of, the, one of the greatest things that I ever found out about Purple Peeps, and it wasn't until after the fact when I got over my emotions about it, that I realized that 
those people that I was investing in during that uh, two and a half year run that we had for Purple Peeps ended up being ushers and ministering in other areas. Some are still leaders within our church. And you start realizing, oh my goodness, like this, this was, this was for a season, you know, in time, you know, and I felt, I felt like blessed afterwards. I wish, you know, at the time that I had learned it quicker or seen it quicker, but that's, that's basically helped me to transition into, you know what, if I don't necessarily latch onto these people, like they're going to be mine forever and just loosely, like meaning like this, but with hands open, but still intentionally love and minister to the people that God has bringing me, then I don't have to worry about the numbers. I don't have to worry about, uh, because I have no idea what God's going to use in that season to either equip or move uh, people forward. Yeah, it's super important um, thing to keep in mind that, you know, leading a small group is pastoring. It, it is caring for sheep, um, but we are not the chief shepherd. Like we're, we would be what we would call an under shepherd, you know, mm-hmm. like you're, you're a regional manager, you know, you're, <laughs> you're a district manager over those people in that, in that department. Um, and the CEO, you know, Jesus, the the boss man of the arena, he has given you responsibility for this season to care for the people in that department, if you will, or right. in that sheep pen. And and so when when the CEO comes and allows people to move to another department or whatever, like they they learned the skills and abilities they needed from your time, from the time they had with you in your department to then go on and serve or, you know, uh, function in other areas um, that we shouldn't like. And I know this has been such a great growth thing that I've seen happen in your life over the last few years is your ability to um, to grab onto that mentality that I am part of the process. Mm -hmm. I am not the whole process like that um, because you're one that loves deeply, you you so want to like you never want to have somebody in your life for a season. That's not how Max Bravo works. No. Like Max Prince Bravo. Forever. Yeah, that's right. And uh, Michael W. Smith is like, and, and friends of friends. friends. So, yeah. Uh, so and um, don't get us going. Yeah. And uh, and so it's almost like counterintuitive for you. To, to be in a place where you can release people. But it's so important that we don't um, get a, such a strong grip on people that they can't actually go and do the thing. And actually, we can impede the work of the kingdom right. if we are too selfish in that process, even though we wouldn't uh, frame it in a selfish uh, perspective because we would say, no, we love them. We right. want to care for them and all that kind of stuff. But a lot of times that can actually... Um, come out, it can evidence itself in kind of a selfish mentality. So that, that kind of leads us right into number two is it's not about you. Nope. Um, and so here is where when it is time for somebody to move on, we would say, hey, we don't want you to take that personally. Like it's not a personal knock against Max Bravo that they're not in your group anymore. But we are going to tell you, Max, as a small group leader, I need you to be personally invested yeah. in this group. Like you can't be all like, oh, I'm just I'm the administrator. I, yeah. I just administrate all the details and make sure people get together. No, part of your job as a small group leader is to love and care for people, which means you're personally invested, bro. Right. So talk to me a little bit about how do you manage 
being personally invested and yet not taking it personal. Well, Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Well, first I'll start off by saying that this has been the biggest challenge for me. Mm. Um, I would say that I'm not perfect at it in any way, shape, or form. But well, just then say, we should just stop the recording. Yeah, we should. No, you know, yeah, you picked it. the wrong person, bro. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I will say, though, that the awareness of it is light years uh from where I was uh, even just a few years ago. I think that because the piece is to love and to nurture, then they become like your kids, you know, uh, and pretty soon they're your family. And no, you don't want to, you know, you don't ship off mom to the, you know, out of your family. It's kind of, you feel like this is forever, you know? But I think that when I realized, uh, like I said earlier, that um, God had a bigger purpose and that I was just a, you know, a maintainer of the garden, if you will, uh, so that it could be transplanted somewhere else. When I started realizing that that, that was a real thing, uh, that I wasn't necessarily building my own community and I wasn't necessarily building my own friends or my own, you know what I mean? I wasn't like building this little utopia for myself that says, you know, these people make Max happy and I love loving them and I love them loving me. And then that was it. I think that I had to grow past that mentality and say, you know what, God could just have these people in here for for a season, and therefore I need to be responsible with the season that they're that they're in, and I need to not make it about me. And that's the biggest thing is that you start loving people, it's really easy to reciprocate that same love back, and then pretty soon it becomes about you. And I don't want to lose this awesome person, even though that person is an amazing leader that can start another group you know, that can go ahead and continue to grow, you know, in other areas. And so, like I said, it's a challenge because you're being asked to love on people, but you're not being asked to necessarily hold on to them. Yeah, so good. And I, and I think this principle goes all across, you know, uh, the Growing Faith podcast, we are small groups and pastoral care. And so that goes across dream team, that goes in all the small group areas and just Church life in general, we you know, we try to cover all those areas. And I think in the American church, there has been this historically kind of this dynamic where if I'm over the greeters and you decide you're not going to be a greeter anymore, you're going to go, I don't know, work in kids ministries or the worship team right. or whatever, that I'm kind of annoyed. I'm kind of irritated or I'm kind of sad and feel betrayed that you'd leave my area of ministry to go and serve somewhere else, you know, like come on, man, you're on my team, bro, what's going on? Right. Um, when, uh, when what we could do is we could pull people in and be like, oh man, I'm so excited for this next chapter of what God's writing in your story. God's going to give you a whole nother area of influence, a whole nother sphere. I mean, even, even me, you know, I'm one of the pastors at the church and, um, and so, you know, occasionally I'll have people come and they're like, hey, I really feel like God's directing us to to go and be a, be a part of another church. And and I can in that in that moment, I can be like, well, that stinks because I love you. And of yeah. course, I mean, of course, I want them to stay a part of our church. Duh. But <laughs> but how I handle that moment is so critical yes. because I can be like, well, you're dumb for thinking that God would want you to leave. <laughs> this perfect place oh you know like what what you know you think you're gonna find something better somewhere else but just taking a step back from kind of again not taking it personal like mm. you're not leaving me you know like we're still gonna be friends and we can still have a relationship ongoing it changes the dynamic of the relationship certainly but i can look at them and i can say you know what 
I'm going to just say God bless you in this new chapter. And also, it's not disconnected from where you have been. So I actually always challenge people like it's like we're sending you out. Like you are now missionaries from Mana House to go and be a beautiful impact in that local church where you're going to land. So I say, like, don't sit on the bench, be involved, bless, minister, take everything that's been invested in you where you've been with us. You know, so in your small group, they they go on to lead another small group. They go on to, like you said, become ushers, greeters, whatever, wherever they end up. And you say, you know what? What God is building in you in this group needs to then go on and go forward. And um, so I just think, uh, you know, you've, you've really communicated that well. We need to hold people um, tight enough to know that they are wanted, but loose right. enough to know that we don't think that we're the boss of them. You know, like they're not our people. They're Jesus people. That's right. And uh, so let's talk about the third point is it's not about forever. And so when it comes to small groups, you know, you just think, well, yeah, we're going to meet together and we're going to keep meeting together and we're going to, we're going to meet in the temple and we're going to meet house to house, baby. (laughs) And uh, so as long as I have a house, you're coming to my house, you know? And, um, but what, what is the real truth, you know, behind that? And, and let's talk about seasons and cycles and what does that look like for you? Yeah. You know, even just the plain fact that I'm on my fourth uh, connect group is kind of a sign that things don't last forever. Um, that doesn't make them bad, but it just means like, wow, um, I still I still interact with everyone that's ever been in any of the groups that I've led. Um, and it's it's uh, fascinating to see, you know, years later, you know, once you separate yourself, that that group doesn't exist. It meant so much at the time mm-hmm. uh, and it served its purpose for that season. And then that season came to an end, uh, which then made me reach out and do another group you know what i mean so yeah. so even though i've had four-ish groups i don't see them as like well they ended because it was a fail it ended because that season came to an end you know god had a different purpose for you know for me and for mm-hmm. the people that were involved so uh to me it's like it's neat because i about three or four years ago i was leading a music uh connect group where we did worship nights and it was interesting because um, you know, I had a pretty solid team and, uh, this was during the time when we decided, um, we decided to do evening services. Remember that we were doing evening services and, and the worship leaders on first Sunday and for the church were thinking, where are we going to get another set of musicians without burning out the Sunday morning, uh, musicians and then bing, a year that had a group that had been building for two years with worship nights and other musicians that weren't a part of Sunday morning at all. All of a sudden, there was a pipeline of musicians that easily just transferred over to that evening service. Yeah, and it's funny because and my now we'll be honest with you, my knee jerk reaction was to go. Wait a minute. <laughs> Those are my people. <laughs> Those are my people. <laughs> I worked hard for two years, you know. Yep, but yep. then all of a sudden it was like, well, wait a minute. I remember there was key, a key guitar player, uh, Andy, I'll not forget, who'd been wanting to be involved on Sunday, uh, you know, on the worship team. Ended up being doing Sunday nights, which then eventually got him on Sunday mornings. And there was a couple other key players that it made me think like, yeah, that disbanded 
that group that I, when I was leading, but it served such a great purpose that like God was already building this thing, you know, behind yeah. the scenes. And I got to be a part of that. So instead of going from like, hey, you know what I mean? This was supposed to last forever. Now it was like, wait a minute. It just took on a different face. And, and I got to be a part of building that and sending it along. And the challenge, the challenge of it is when God calls you to something, he doesn't always tell you. Max, you're going to serve in this arena and with this group of people for this amount of time for this purpose. And it's going to accomplish these things. Right. He just says, come and do this with me. Right. And so you go, OK. And so I think that's where where we have to really check ourselves is to always keep it again, open handedly before the Lord to say, Lord, I just want to obey and be faithful and do what you've called me to do. Um, recognizing you may have different plans and purposes behind what we are putting our hands to in this season than I can see right now right. and be open to what God wants to do. So like maybe like he, you know, he got you uh, starting that group a year earlier so that when those services kicked off, Hey, wow. Right. By the grace of God, there was these people that had been trained and, and had time and, and all this like, wow, how, how good of God yeah. to plan that far ahead when we didn't know what was coming. And so that's the beauty of having a God that can see around the bends in the road. He knows what's coming. If we're just faithful to obey, we find ourselves in the right place at the right time. That's right. Just because we were willing to be obedient. And 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 then really the big part of that is, because um, I know you and I have had this conversation a number of times, is when something comes to an end is making sure that on an emotional level and a spiritual level, I think as well, that we're processing it from a healthy perspective yes. that we don't uh, because it, Oh man, the, the perspective that you process something with is so critical for your ability to move forward effectively because um, you know, bridge city life, man, if, if you walk away from that going, man, that was an incredible investment of my time. People grew, I grew mm -hmm. all kinds of stuff happened. Wow. And now the season is done and we're moving forward into something, whatever else God might have in store for us. Awesome. Or you can walk away from it and go, Oh man, because of a B and C challenges, that thing ended. And man, I feel like I'm depressed and right. I'm so sad and I wanted it to keep going on forever. I loved it, but it wasn't, Maybe, you know, which wasn't what God had in store. And mm -hmm. so it's so critical that we recognize it's not about forever. It's not about making this thing go on forever. We are what we are a part of is more important than the part we play. Right. That's right. Brother Dick always used to say that a ton. And it's so true. So life has seasons. Age groups have seasons, yeah. you know. Um, groups have a life cycle, you know, they, they just only last for so long. And then the beauty of a group ending can open the door to multiple groups in the future. Like you've talked about, or you've had people in purple peeps or, you know, that where they have been so impacted by being a part of life giving community right. that they're like, Oh wow, maybe, maybe I'm supposed to do this too. And it is, you know, partly our role as leaders, right. To help build that into people. So, um, so we have discussed that it is not about the numbers. It's not about you. It's not about forever. What's something that it is about? What it is about is, is equipping and investing, uh, into people, uh, and showing them 
I love to, you know, basically what I tell people is what I know I'm willing to give. You know, if I read it in the Bible, if it, if I learned, if I have a testimony, if I have something that I have overcome, that's something that I'm willing to invest in and impart into someone else. And to me, that's the win. You know, to me, if, if I can get somebody to say, I'm a pretty vulnerable guy and I have to, you know, I, I have seen nothing but fruit come out of that vulnerability in my in my group. I won't expect someone to go somewhere where I'm not willing to go. And so because of that, I feel like, you know what, you see three people, two people, you know, 20 people in front of me. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and impart in that knowing that it's not about me, that, you know, it's not about forever, you know, and all of those points to me feels like if I can get at least one guy out the door saying, oh my gosh, you know what I mean? Because you imparted wisdom, knowledge, you know, the Bible into me, then I now have experienced X, Y, Z, or I was in the same situation, remembered what you said and, you know, and how open you were about it. Or So I think that to me is, is, is the win. Come on. That's so good. Yeah. So like you're saying, growing, equipping, challenging people, helping them to take their next step or, you know, the Jesus maybe word would be discipleship, right? To, to, to sit under the master, like we're all sitting under Jesus, but then we're also, as I follow Jesus, I'm supposed to bring people along with me, you yeah, know, like absolutely. follow me as I follow Christ. And um, kind of one of the work, one of the concepts there in discipleship is to rub off on that, that we would be in close enough proximity to each other. Um, you know, when people have hung out for a long time, they, they have the same kind of talk. They, they talk the same. Yeah. They, uh, it's like even Peter, when he was at the fire warming himself and, you know, he's in the process of his three denials. Mm. Um, they're like, we know that you've been with Jesus because you talk like that, brother. Right. You know, like, like you guys talk the same. And like, man, <laughs> could that just be the way we would be that we're with Jesus so much that people know that we're his people because we talk like him and we love like him and that that would be the the heart and intent behind small groups is that we're trying to get people connected to Jesus. I think with the, with the current group that I'm leading is grounded. It's a men's group. And, uh, you know, I've always said to them, you know, if you're not going to be, if you're not going to be real in this room, you're probably not going to be real anywhere else yeah. because the, the, the platform has been set, you know, to be real and to be vulnerable. And, you know, because I always said, I'm not here to waste any of our times. You know, if we're not going to be here to get down to the nitty gritty and really say what we're at. And so I've challenged them. I said, let's make it unpopular to, you know, it's like if a guy ever came in with his arms crossed and his intention was to say, you know what, I'm only here because my wife told me to be here, you know, <laughs> something like that. You know? <laughs> and then that, I have seen it happen. I, I have seen what I said in the very beginning was let it be so unpopular, you know, to not not be open that anyone coming in wouldn't be able to influence this group the other way around. But we would be the influencers. I have seen that happen with my own eyes in the last over the last year and a half. The Grounded has been a group where someone has come in, you know, with their arms crossed. And and then by the end of the night, they're realizing, oh, OK. I am the minority in this room, you know. I this is a group that either a they're not going to be able to hang with us, or b it's going to be like, man, you guys made it really easy for me to open up, and so I think that that's that's such a key the key thing is to be out there and just say, you know what, this is the standard, you know. Yeah, that actually makes me um, think. 
you know, I, I think I've just identified the next reason I'll invite you back um, for another episode. It'd actually be to talk about the importance of the leader establishing culture mm-hmm. um, of what the group meeting will look like, um, because we can, as a group leader, just hope that the group will go a certain direction um, and just kind of keep our fingers crossed that it happens that way. Or we can learn to be intentional and and actually set the tone, set the culture, set the atmosphere for how the group is going to function. And so, um, so it's not about the numbers. It's not about you. It's not about forever. It is about discipleship. And it is about sending capacity, mm-hmm. not seeding capacity. And so I would rather have a group of two or three people that I invest my life into and they go on to then uh, invest their lives into two, three, five people and so on and so forth, where we see the multiplication of the kingdom happening because I'm not about building my own kingdom. I'm about building God's kingdom. And so, and that happens when we don't just call people into circles that end among themselves, but that we are circles of people that produce other circles, more circles, because that's where life and community happens is when people, you know, leave the Sunday morning rows and get into circles, look each other face to face, be real with each other, um, be vulnerable, um, grow together, and then challenge, uh, challenge each other to go and make disciples um, and baptize them. And, you know, like, to do the great commission, to come back to the fact that that's why we exist, that yes, relationships and stuff are awesome. But if relationships aren't tethered to right. the idea of following Jesus, they're not actually life giving. You can't have life giving relationships without the way, the truth and the life right. being involved Absolutely. in that. So awesome. Well, I think that is a pretty, uh, pretty good take on that topic as we were we were correct it did need its own episode yes there's a lot of stuff to talk about there and you know honestly probably stuff we could even dig a little deeper into but definitely let's let's uh let's plan for coming back again and talking about um how to develop a healthy group culture okay Um, setting the tone setting the expectation for what people will get out of the group rather than just hoping it will happen so we'll definitely do that so again do it max thanks so much for um for for making the time and investing uh in this i know you've just brought a lot of value to the to the listening audience thank you very much for your time again my pleasure and uh to you guys uh thanks for being a part of our our audience uh without you there is no us um yeah that's so good i I borrowed that from u.s bank um they said i they said i could use it in my in my podcast and so um, if you have any questions uh comments or ideas for future uh, episode topics. I'd love to hear from you. Rick M at manahouse.church is where I can be reached. And uh, with that, we just say a huge, huge God bless you. Um, oh yeah. And be a like and a sharer and a, you know, be generous with the podcast. Go and, and rate the podcast and share it and comment. And um, let's, let's make this a community thing. Love to just continue to grow the number of people that are able to benefit from the information here. So with that, Big, huge God bless you and you have the most amazing day.